1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website BuiltForTheStage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks, builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, please enjoy this conversation. Uh, We got a vet in the house here, her name is Nina Lafarga, and she's been in 82 Broadway shows, <laughs> and I cannot wait to ask her all the questions. We have uh, headphones on here in our studio. She's ready to sing some impromptu harmonies together. We've been chatting it up. <laughs> Song selection is unknown, but we're just gonna we're gonna vibe with it and just see what happens. Uh, she was first seen on the Broadway stage in Aida, rolled on to Sweet Charity, in the Heights, Woman on the Verge. On Your Feet, On Your... Maybe that one. I love that album. Oh, I love it. I Frozen is the current show that Miss Nina LaFarga is uh, a part of. So welcome to Bill for the Stage podcast. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. All right. First off, out of, out of this list, do you have a favorite just by chance? Not to, you know, say that one was better than the other, but out of any of them where you're like, oh, man, just my heart on that
1: one. I mean, I'd have to say In the Heights, for sure. Uh, That was my first original company. It was really one of those experiences that you really hope for as a Broadway performer, you know? Mm -hmm. We got to really um, have some freedom creating our characters, and it was just this awesome blend of great music, people, story, I mean, you know, and it was sort of my family's story too, so it was cool. Cool. How, how
0: so was it your family story?
1: Um, well, similar to on your feet, it was, you know, similar in different ways. Uh, but in the Heights was the first time I got to be in a show with Latin music. Um, and the hip hop as well. It was just, uh, I love hip hop. So that was awesome that I got to do that on Broadway. There was like this awesome mix of things that I didn't think I was going to get to do on Broadway. Um, and got to, and as far as my family goes, I mean, it's, it's a story that many people can relate to, not just Latinos, but, um, you know, just there were just so many parallels in the story between my family, how I grew up um, in a Latin community, and, um, you know, I mean, Abuela Claudia, the, you know, the Cuban grandmother, and, yeah. you know, watching the dad and his relationship with Nina, and, you know, so... There were just so many parallels with my own personal life.
0: Sure. I just saw a recent post of yours on the gram. It was six days ago. Today's uh, the 12th of September, so six days ago. You guys can track that on our Insta. Don't be scared. I'm like, the- <laughs> what did I put on Insta? <laughs> it's just like a cute little TBD of like uh, the Today Show um, mm-hmm. going back to a couple of different experiences you had. So we're talking in the Heights a little bit, and you said that you got to show Kathy Lee how to dance salsa. Yeah, do do a little like fun recoll- recollection of that for us. So, any <laughs> any funny story from that or that experience? I mean, it was
1: just funny. It was just a moment where, okay, so Luis Salgado and myself, he was we were partners in the show, and we got to perform a little snippet of um, one of our big sections in the club number, and then we got to teach her how to da- dance salsa. And uh, it was just one of those really fun, like improv on TV moments, because she's a hoot. And, you know, we taught her some basic moves. And then of course, the cameras went on. And you know, she went, you she know, went for, went for it, but like improv and was putting in bits. And we just had to like, like, she kind of created her own choreography, which
0: mm-hmm.
1: is why she's so funny. And so we just had to improv. Yeah. Who is one
0: cool uh, question for you about just maintaining? Uh, I guess it's a mental health question to kind of parallel with fitness. Um, some people can be consumed with their fitness or consumed with like their goals that they have, but yet the consumption of it kind of is more of a hindrance than it is a help something to combat that I feel like is to find something outside of that to draw towards that will inevitably make what you're focusing so much on better. So my question for you is, what's important to you outside of the theater? Something that, you know, you take time for and that it ends up bettering you when you do get to the theater. Does that make sense?
1: You mean, uh... like
0: if, what outside of the theater, like a hobby or something that you make time for in your life that, takes your focus away from performing but at the same time it aids your performing it makes it better because of you taking that time away from it
1: that's a good question um i am trying to do that more i feel like so much of my current life and every day does surround my performing because i'm doing my eight shows a week but then on top of my eight shows a week um i'm doing a lot of other projects and things um that call to me, that inspire me if someone reaches out and is doing something cool, you know, I want to be a part of it. So, I'll, and then, of course, the constant um, looking for new things to be a part of, and it's just part of our business. So I feel like I'm, a lot of my life is the performing. So, yes, I'm always looking for the balance of doing the things that recharge me and center me.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
1: So, yeah. So, and it really depends where I am. Am I in a show, am I not in a show, which determines what I'm capable of doing more of. I think in a small way, I love meditation. Uh, I meditate every day. I write in a journaling kind of way as well. Um, These are quick things that I think are ways that I can keep coming back to myself and connecting to myself outside of the work and outside of all of you know what we do here so that's one way um i do love to take yoga um and i also think it's important to 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 be able to step away uh to spend time with family um i'm from miami so i like to go down there as often as i can and just kind of do things that feed my soul you know be in nature go to the beach you know whatever that is sort of like ways to kind of calm down my nervous system, you know, detach from the stimu- you know, the overstimulation of the city every once in a while. And I think uh, when I do, I come back to my performing mm-hmm. as an actor, dancer, singer, whatever I'm up to. And I'm more aware of who I am. I'm more confident. And I just think it makes me a better performer.
0: Yeah. Who is Nina as a performer in AIDA? And who has she grown to become as a performer now in Frozen?
1: Whoa, okay, good question. Um, I mean, (laughs) totally different. Right? Exactly. That's the hope. That's the hope. (laughs) Totally different. Yeah. That's a good question. Okay. Well, Nina that was in Aida was, uh, I mean, that was my debut. Um, And I I didn't like grow up training in musical theater per se. So the idea of me being on Broadway at that moment and so young was something that was relatively new. I've had and still have a whole other section to my career that's commercial, TV film, you know, at the so I at the time, you know, I remember seeing the show. And seeing my friends in it, um, I had a lot of training as a concert dancer and commercial dancer, and um, sang and, and acted. But it wasn't my my work at the time was really dancing and in the dance world. And so I saw some of my friends in Aida, people that I admired as dancers um, at the time, and it was the first time that I sort of was like, "Oh, wow, this is a cool like combo of." different kinds of styles of things, the music, the dance, like, that I was attracted to. And I was like, oh, I think I could do this. And um, so I just, like, stumbled upon an audition, really. Uh, I didn't have an agent, I don't think, at the time. And um, Telsey just came across my headshot somehow and called me in. And I booked that as a vacation swing. And I mean... I I remember loving the audition. I remember, like, living in the audition and being like, oh, my God, this is, yes, this mm-hmm. is awesome. And then booking it was sort of the icing on the cake. And then when I got to the show, I mean, I, honestly, this makes me laugh when I think about it, but I didn't even know that, like, theater used numbers on a stage at uh, that moment. Mm-hmm. I was so used to like commercial and concert dance where it was like spatial awareness. Like you just get on stage and you sense each other and you're spacing. Yeah. So the idea of like learning a show by numbers essentially was like blew my mind. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I have to learn this show by numbers? And then like I get one rehearsal with everyone and which is the put in and that's it. Yeah. And then I'm on. So going back to your question, it was uh it, it was like uh i was in this You're... new world yeah. and um and it was all just fascinating it was all just fascinating that i was putting all these things together i loved i was s- singing and, and and acting and understudying and like all these things just started to come to me and it was just really it was a fascinating new world so so that was that me And I've always danced back and forth between the different worlds, theater, TV, film, you know, live performance throughout my career so far. And now, I mean, I think being in Frozen too, I think, I mean, I've I've, I've seen a lot more, I've done a lot more, I've pushed myself in ways that I never imagined I would. I feel like I've surpassed a lot of my childhood dreams. And of course, now I have like a whole new set of dreams.
0: What, it, what did it take to to push yourself to uh, places you didn't think you can go or, or achieve things you didn't think you could achieve? Was it just simply time and experience? Or was there something that like opened your eyes a bit more as to what you were fully capable of?
1: I think it was just like an unfolding along the way. Yeah, I think it was opportunities presenting themselves along the way and me sort of feeling feeling like a, an inclination to be like, I think I can do that, but I don't know. And having fear mm-hmm. and then somehow overcoming the fear and jumping into that thing and being totally scared, and then coming out of the other end and being like, Oh, my God, I just did that. And then it would be the next and the next. So
0: yeah, so when the fear just because that's a great question in like, in fitness, I don't think I can do this this quickly. I don't think I can lift this much. I don't think I can move my body in this certain way. And then something happens along in your training, and you start to get that little Glimmer of hope for lack of better terms Mm -hmm. of like oh wait, maybe I I can I can do this Mm -hmm. when you talk about the fear um, Or you can talk like negative self-talk. How do you overcome something like that? How do you say like no Nina like don't listen to that the bad voice inside like? How do you give yourself that positive reinforcement? Um, Because I know for actors and actresses and people in fitness a lot Self-talk, it's important for everyone. I mean, don't get me wrong, but the negative or positive self-talk that you feed yourself with is sometimes the make or break of of a career or of a show or of an audition. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you combat that? How do you personally keep yourself on track and steering away from like negative self-talk or fear? You can call it fear.
1: Yeah. Honestly, it's something I work on every day. It's not something I feel like I've... nailed yeah yeah but I definitely am I mean have grown so much from when I first started in the business for sure and honestly it is something I work on daily because as I accomplish something or bust through fear there's a new goal around the corner and the fear and then you know so it's like a never-ending thing so honestly it's like I mean, I feel like I have tools that I draw from in terms of um, getting getting past fear um, and the negative self talk. One thing is really also the people I surround myself with. I really believe that if you surround yourself with people that think negatively or you know negatively speak to themselves. You're, going, it's, it's, you know, you're gonna take it on, you're gonna start, even if you don't realize it, you're gonna start thinking of yourself that way and viewing the world that way. And, and I think that can be poisonous. Um, so I think the people you surround yourself with, that's important, that they're encouraging, and that they also see when you're in your fear and they can say, hey, why don't you consider it this way? Like people that can shift your perspective, finding ways to shift your own perspective. And I think there's just a bunch of different ways that people can do that. I think Mm -hmm. it can be having mentors around you, people that are positive influences. It could be your spirituality. It could be your faith. It could be meditation, journaling, writing. You know, there's so many ways to, like, quiet that chatter in your head.
0: Yeah, the tribe is important or the squad Yeah. for sure i'm a huge believer in you are the company you keep like no matter how much you can say i'm my own person or i have my own thoughts or whatever like the people you surround yourself with on a day in and day out basis yeah are either gonna lift you up or bring you down Um,
1: yeah or even if you know and it's tough i mean you know like we live in this big city, we're around so many different energies and different kind of people. I think even if you just have like a couple of key people when you find yourself in that self doubt, negative thinking place, like I have a couple of people that I will call and be like, Listen, here's what I'm going through, can I bounce this off of you? And I know that they are, we're like minded, and they're going to try to shift my my view around so that's important I think
0: yeah for sure I have one more question do you have the time yeah you have a show tonight for Frozen right I do you've been in Frozen for over a year right
1: probably like uh over two years at two this two years point. now okay cool mm-hmm.
0: how do you in fitness the pursuit can get it has the ups and downs. It's fun one day, it's not so fun another day. It's fresh one day, it's old another day. How do you keep opening the stage door, walking through it, and not only giving your best, but being, feeling your best? Whether that's physically, mentally, how do you do, the, how do, you do frozen for mm-hmm. over two years mm-hmm. and still grow in it or still better? yourself in it
1: yeah I always I'm always grateful that I get to do what I do for a living you know as simple as I come to the stage door and I always have this moment where I'm like I'm on Broadway you know like this is awesome you know and I think like just the gratitude of that already puts me in a place of like this is great, like, and I'm ready to to do the show again for a new audience, for new people. I know, like you mentioned in fitness every day, you know, some days are easier than others to motivate. And yes, I've been doing this show. And when you're in a long running show, you are doing the same show for an extended period of time. And yeah, some days I come in and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to nail this, this is going to be awesome. And then some days, I had a bad day you know or i'm not feeling well or my body hurts or something you know and um i mean for me i i always try to do some sort of a warm-up vocally and physically every day at some point so i making sure my body is ready to do the show um, is important you know i don't want to just st- stroll up at half hour and hit the stage and just do what I can. I mean, I definitely want to prep myself. But yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I don't really I'm not sure how to answer that entirely outside of that. I think it's just this energy or this force that's just in me to perform every day. And I just know how to dial into it. And some days are easier than others in the same way. And um,
0: I think that right there, the the force the something greater than you about the drive to perform. Yeah, I think that for me in the gym or pursuing something in fitness, when it is the bad day, when it is a day that you don't really want to be there, it's the the center of you, the the core goal or the core uh, desire yeah. to accomplish that that hierarchy, that that thing that's greater than your bad day. Yeah, and that's what pushes you through the bad day. Is that it's right. not just about that day. It's about the 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 sum of the passion within you.
1: Yeah, and I also think it's um, accepting, like not, not being a perfectionist. Because there is a part of me that holds myself to very high standards, and I, you know, but in those moments...
0: I'm clapping over here.
1: <laughs> you know, because I am, you know, and listen. We as performers have worked... Mo- most of us have worked most of our lives very hard to be here. And it does require a lot of sacrifice. So there is a part of me that wants to be perfect all the time and on. And I think um, it's those days that I also have to tell myself, like, I just have to be good enough today. It's okay. Like, meaning it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Like, I don't feel great, so I'm going to call out today. No, I'm going to go today and I'm going to, and I imagine it's the same with fitness. It's like, Even if this workout is not going to, I'm going to give 100% of the best of what I can give today, which might be different to what was yesterday, but you're going to be steps ahead than if you were to have like not shown up that day.
0: If you didn't catch anything in the whole podcast, I hope you just caught that last part because for me, that was gold, something that I definitely needed to hear. So thank you. And thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, that'll do it with Built for the Stage podcast. Our guest today, Nina LaFarga, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. Once again, also, if you want to try that free trial with Built for the Stage, go to the website, builtforthestage.com. You can just fill out your name and email and we'll be on our way. Or you can go to the Instagram, follow us at Built for the Stage, and shoot me a DM. Don't forget about Broadway Podcast Network. Go to the website, BroadwayPodcastNetwork.com. Go to the Instagram, Broadway Podcast Network. There's uh, tons of good content on our network, like Josh Swallow's Broadway, or Ensemblist, or Equity One, or The Theater Podcast. There's like 90 of them. Just go see which one you like the best after you've listened to mine. And uh, yeah. You guys have yourself a good day. It's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work